0: My name is Kat Corchado. I am a fellow Air Force veteran and host of the podcast, Sisters in Service. This podcast is where I found my passion for helping other veterans after my transition from the military over 22 years ago. My mission is to help veterans avoid the black hole known as transition, to help women veterans find their voice and discover their strengths as they enter civilian life. There's a new episode every Tuesday. I hope that you'll listen, you'll like, you'll share, you'll comment, and let me know what you'd like to hear on this podcast. Until then, I hope to see you again soon. Please stay safe, take care of each other, and it's never too late to start your impossible. Welcome, Sisters in Service, to another episode. I am, of course, your host, Kat Corchado, and I have a treat today. I get to interview a mother-daughter duo who both were in the same service, but at different eras. My first guest is Lita V. Thomas, and she was an Army, started out as an Army mechanic, went into global logistics officer, which we'll talk about that. And she traveled all the way through some of the reserves, Army, Air Force, you name it, she did it. And also her daughter... Jean Marie McNamara, who also went into the Army, so we're going to talk about that too so ladies, I love Good this morning, duet honey. I love this this is awesome.
1: Thank, thank you, you so much thank you
0: it's great to have you guys so Lita, what um let's talk about your service for a second. so you were one of the first women who were permitted to train as part of the regular u s Army in nineteen seventy seven so Let's go back for a second, okay, and think about what it was like in 1977. Because my dad went to Vietnam during that era, okay, and or it was probably earlier. Don't don't quote me, yeah. y'all, because I I could probably have my dates all mixed up. But it was the 70s, bell sure. bottoms, you know, all of that oh, stuff. Yes. Do you oh, remember yes. that? Selena? Oh yes, I do. Oh yes, I do. hot pants, you know, the whole yeah. nine yards. By so. <laughs> Oh, I know. <laughs> I tell you. Platform shoes. Mm. So most women at that time were, you know, you found a boyfriend, you got engaged, you got married, you had kids. You were pretty much a stay-at-home wife. Not everybody, but most everybody wanted to do that. So Lita, what was it about you that made you say, I want to go do this?
1: Well, actually, I was one of those typical stay-at-home moms uh, initially. Uh, actually, the day after I graduated high school, I got married, uh, and the reason was I was already.
2: Well, what? Okay, I was going to say you don't want to go too much into okay. it. Okay, I, I already had a white.
1: I already had a white dress, and my hair was already done. <laughs> so I said, "I can't." I I I here, you could see my hair. I do not do hair. Military haircut is absolutely fine for me. But I had to have my hair—I had to have my hair done for the graduation, and it was like up to here. Beehive hair. Yeah, and, and and like a thousand pins in it. And I said, "Well, I'm already spruced up. I might as well get married." So we got married the next day, but um, it did not turn out to be a, a, a good relationship. I ended up, you know. Eventually getting a divorce. And during the process of all that, I was thinking, how do I support? Cause I, you know, getting married the day after high school did not go to college. Right. How, how do I support my children without a college degree? So I thought, well, you know what? This recruiter over here is advertising that they pay for college. Let me, let me look into it.
0: Wow. You know, that's pretty kind of forward thinking. For, for just women at of that time you know to be able to say you know what let me go do this cuz a lot of women in that and that era would say oh no that's a guy thing you know i don't want to do that have to do pushups and stuff like that so let me ask you about when you went in and you started out as a, a t- as a tank mechanic was it kind of that mindset where you go yeah this isn't going to last long i need to do something else <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, When I when I first wanted to join, I wanted to be a medic. I wanted to be a nurse. I wanted to be something medical. And I took the ASVAB and they they were all like flabbergasted because I guess I scored higher than anybody at the time. And they said, you could be whatever you want. And I said, oh, cool. You know, I want to be, oh. I be a doctor. I want to be a doctor. No, you can't do that. You don't have college. I'm like, well, wait a minute now. How, how, I'm going to catch 22 here. How do I join and be something that I want to be and get trained to be something, but I can't because I don't have the college, but then you're saying I'm, so they said, but you know what? We need, we need mechanics. I'm like, oh man. (laughs) So, So I, I, I asked my dad, um, you know, what do you think about that idea? And he said, well, they get paid pretty well. And I said, all right, but then we'll do it. Wow. And I think
2: you said before that, in or you, you've told me before that um, you would watch the TV show Mash, oh, yeah. which was about you know um, a medical group. Uh, I loved Mash, and right. that's what inspired you to go. You wanted to pursue a career in
1: medicine, most likely. Yes.
0: yes. Oh wow, that's awesome! By the way,
1: my, my daughter will be assisting me um, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. I do have early onset Alzheimer's. And um, I'm on several medications now. Um they are helping, but they're not they're not, you know, a cure. And then she'll help
2: me because I had a TBI and I also need a <laughs> together we work pretty well, but we do have backup. Um yeah, Sean's around here somewhere. He's we make like, a
1: lot of notes and I got my grandson over here yes. if we need help, but lots uh, of backup. It has, it yeah. has a struggle,
0: right. right. Yeah. So the Army was a huge, that was, watching MASH was one of the reasons why you went in the Army. Because I was going to ask you, you know, why the Army? You know, I was asked the question, did did you pick the Army or did you, or did the Army pick you?
1: And obviously I think it was, it was mutual decision. (laughs) Right, right. And my dad was a, uh, my dad was a Korean War veteran, which he never really discussed it, like at the dinner table or anything. He just did his stint and came home. But um, I think it was just from watching Mash. Mm-hmm. I mean, amazingly, that that just stuck stuck in my head.
0: Wow. Mm-hmm. So, how long did you serve?
1: A total of twenty three years, but it was fragmented. Um, I went in active duty, and unfortunately, after eighteen months, my by that time, my ex husband, because I got divorced during the process, uh, was trying to put the skids on my staying in the military because of visitation problems so i had to get out early i got an early release from active duty but after spending 18 months and seeing that and feeling that camaraderie and that that sense of this is where i this is where i want to be this is what i want to do i know i have a purpose i didn't want to give that up so I immediately jumped into the reserves. After that, right? Uh, I I, ju- I jumped into the Air Force Reserves, and I stayed in the in a unit that was right near my home in Chicago. So I didn't have to travel, and he was able to do this visitation. And uh, I did the Air Force Reserves for six years, and then during that period, I said, you know what? Um most of the most of the um the officers that were over me, I, I really had a lot of respect for the NCOs, but the officers were all uh a little bit she thought she uppity, could do a better job. A little uppity. And I, I said, you know what? I, I think I could do a better job as an officer. How could I be an officer? And they said, Well, you have to go to OCS. So I said, Okay, let me go to OCS. Or well, you can't do that in the Air Force because you don't have any college. I'm like, God, I can't win. This. <laughs> <laughs> but by that time, I had been going to a community college and I got a two year degree while concurrently while I was in the reserves. Right. And I got a two year degree in diesel mechanics and the Army. National Guard had a OCS program that would allow me to join with a two-year degree. I nice! back in the Army. Right. So I jumped ship again. I went back to the Army, but this time Army National Guard.
0: So thinking back to that time, what was the culture like? Was it what you expected or was it totally different from from MASH and what you thought it would
1: be? What was the culture like? Actually, the training... Basic training really did put a a pretty big imprint in my in my heart and my soul. Um, I felt that it was a family. I felt that we were all one family unit that we we were training together to go through. And I didn't realize at the time this was my night night. How do you say? Yes. (laughs) Uh, I didn't realize that we weren't going to go from that unit to the next unit all as a, a group. I didn't realize that. So I was like, oh my God, you're kidding me. We're gonna all go different directions. I'm I'm gonna lose my family. But it it really made me feel like it was a, a really good family unit and we all stuck up for each other. Um, and, and things were
2: different. Um, I know when we look back at photographs, yeah. it's surprising to me how everything is, is um, cyclical where at that time you were able to have natural hair.
1: What did you mean natural
2: hair? um, It didn't have to be braided. Or put up. Or put up. It had to be be
1: short. It couldn't touch your collar. It couldn't
2: touch your collar, but you could have, otherwise you could have natural hair. And then they went to where you had to have it braided, and now they're going back to allowing natural hair.
1: Okay, all right.
2: And that was, that to me was fascinating. Okay,
1: right. But I I really did, I did, I felt that. I felt, and, and that's, what I appreciated out of the mash episodes, where everybody was really helping each helping other get each through other. the war, right, yeah. right? I love that. Yes. Really. So, Jean, let's talk
0: about your service a little bit. What, what was your why for going in the army? Now, let me uh, let me say let me say this first. A lot of times, I've spoken to people who their oh their whole family was army, and they went in the other direction. Mm-hmm. And I, under, I think I understand why you're going in the Army, but I grew up in the Air Force, so I knew the Air Force. I didn't know about being in it, but I was familiar with it, which is why I stayed in my lane. So tell us a little bit about why you chose the Army.
2: Well, in, when I was much younger, I wanted to join the Peace Corps, but I was in a similar situation to what my mother was, um, had faced, where you had to have your college degree before joining the Peace Corps. So I, um, I took the ASVAB as well, and I thought, let me just see what my options are, because my goal was to ultimately also go into the medical, uh, medical field, although I didn't know my mother's history at that point, and I wanted to be a doctor. And a friend of ours um, who went to medical school and then decided it wasn't for him about midway through, um, or even I think maybe even after he had graduated, he decided then he wanted to be a teacher for mathematics. So he took a complete 180 turn on that one. And he said, you know, make sure this is what you want before you put in, you know, the eight years required. So I thought, well, let me get some hands-on training and work in the medical field while I'm going to school and make sure that this is what I want, because um, I'm a very empathetic person and it's hard for me to see people in pain. Yes. So I thought, well, I'd need to make sure this is right for me. So I joined um, because, well, it was right down the street. <laughs> it was very convenient to sign up. There was a critter right down the street. I was like, that kind of helps. So. Yes, that oh, kind of yes. helps. Um, and so I, I joined as a medic um, because then I could get, you know, once I was trained for that, I could also work as an EMT um, on the civilian side. And I realized rather quickly that uh, medicine is not for me. Um, it's very, very difficult for me to see other people in pain and yes. focus on what I need to do. And um, so, after, so after my initial enlistment period was up, um, I re-upped for one year. So that was seven years enlisted. And then I, too, went to OCS and decided that I was going to pursue pursue um, a career in chemistry. And I was working in analytical chemistry at that time. And so I went to um, chemical the chemical core. And switch focus a little bit there because you don't have to worry. You're worried about people, but you're not. It's a little bit different. Right. And And I thought I And arm's length. Yes. And you can keep, you can still help soldiers Mm -hmm. in that regard where you can keep them out of areas that are dangerous. If they have to be in that area that's very dangerous, get them in and out as quickly as possible. And once they are out of that area, make sure that they're cleaned up. And yeah, deconned and safe again.
0: So you so both I- of you guys have that analytical mind, that math mind that yes. how do things <laughs> move, go together and fit together. That <laughs> totally not my my. <laughs> 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 so you know, I I I remember in high school taking algebra mm-hmm. and and then I took algebra 2 and I was like, "Okay, cool." And then I messed around and took some geometry and I was I'm still lost. I don't even know if I finished the course. I was like, I don't understand. This makes no sense to me Mm -hmm. at all. So that's kind of cool, you know, that you guys have that same kind of analytical mind. So Lita, when your daughter came to you, or did she, about her decision to go in the Army, what did you think? What did you say to her?
2: I I told her that I took my ASVABs. (laughs) And she she asked, well, when do you get your results? Because I want to be there. And I told her, and she did come to school, and you'll have to read how
1: well that went over. Um, I was happy. Yeah. I was very happy. Um, At the time, there was no conflict anywhere, so I wasn't worried about her, uh, you know, that she might be getting shipped out. And I I approved of the the course that she had set for herself. I thought it was a good idea. That's really supportive because, you know, a lot
0: of, parents who went in service or even not Mm -hmm. at all went to service are very hesitant when their kids say they want to go in. So that's kind of comforting the fact that you were like, okay, I'm I'm okay with this. So Jean, when you went in the service, what was your, what was the culture when you went in versus when your mom went in? Was it what you thought or was it more supportive or was it totally different from your
2: expectation? I I definitely felt that there was a camaraderie there. Um, and that, the and I, because I was a military brat, um, I kind of knew what it was going to be like in terms of, um, you know, what it's like to be on base and what it's like to have, you know, billets and everything. Um, and it's, you know, you're used to the acronyms already, and you kind of fall into everything, although every generation changes acronyms. Yes. Um, <laughs> but to make it their own, and identify themselves and But um, so I I did feel very comfortable in that environment. Um, I was surprised when I got to my unit and a little disappointed um, when I got to my unit, just because I had expected that we would be training for the job we needed to do. And instead, we were doing a completely different job. So we never trained for the job we needed to do. And that was a little frustrating. Um, And then I was I went I was transferred to another unit and day one they were like oh no we train for the job we are gonna do and it was highly impressive and I was I was like oh this is what I wanted I wanted to because I wanted to help people and I wanted to you know be in not in the action but I wanted to be in the action.
0: Okay, Lita, when when you got out, what was your transition like? Was it easy? Was it hard? Is it what you expected? Was it totally different? Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Uh that well i i had a a unique exit um i was mobilized at the time i was working at us transcom and i was in a cycle that was going to be sent over to the desert 6 months in the future but uh, i was like in a train up position and I got. Hurt. I got. I got a, I got a uh, notification that my daughter was injured while she was at her officer basic course, and threw my hands up and I said, "Hold on, we're on hold here. I've got to see what's going on." And the um, the unit that I was assigned to gave me a a, a short respite. I, I took a leave. I I went out to see how Jean was. And it didn't look like she was gonna recover too quickly, so I took a a retirement right then and there. It was like right in the middle of my mobilization. So
0: it was immediate. You didn't have time to think about it or
1: contemplate it. It's like oh no. Right. Right here, and right now. I, I just I had a lot of faith in my full time uh staff because you know, I, I didn't have any records with me or anything. I said, I hope I'm going to get all my points. <laughs> I hope I'm going to get, I hope I'm going to, re- I hope I got enough points to retire. But they took care of everything and they, they uh, packaged me up and sent me home.
2: Yeah. At that time, I wasn't able to. Um,
1: she wasn't able to do anything. anything. Couldn't I couldn't,
2: walk. I wasn't even yeah breathing on my own at night. So. Um, oh my it was, goodness. It was a bad, it was a bad accident, injury. Yeah. And I've had to have five major surgeries um, to get where I am today, and I take a lot of medication She'll. to keep me upright, yes, which I'm very thankful for.
0: Well, we're glad you're here.
2: Thank you. Oh, know, yeah, we're no, We're,
0: we're, 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 we're both say, glad you're here.
2: <laughs> I've had more than one physician tell me that if it wasn't for the fact that I was doing Pilates every single day and had really strengthened my neck muscles, I... Would have been in really bad shape, he would have okay, been.
0: can you say that again because I'm a Pilates instructor I've been be teaching Pilates for fifteen years, and people are like mm-hmm. oh isn't that is that just for dancers isn't that just you know and I said, no, Pilates is for everybody, especially those that have been injured, yeah because if well, you have I, if you I, have I, the right instructor. It's a, it can be a lifesaver, literally. So tell us a little bit about your journey. I'm I'm you know I'm taking a little segue here, but I okay. think this is important mm-hmm. for people to hear.
2: Well, I was at I was in um, Fort Leonard at Fort Leonard Wood in Missouri, and um, in addition to you know going to class every day for uh, my officer basic course, um, I would wake up in the morning and do Pilates, and this was in um, I started Pilates in 1999. Um, so it wasn't really as popular. So I had to use, um, videotapes and old fashioned videotapes (laughs) at that time. And I would do it every morning and then I would, uh, go to PT, then I would go to class, then I would go to the gym, then I would come back and do Pilates again. And, um, it was fantastic because it really strengthened my core muscles and then also strengthened my neck. Um, and just, it, it gave me a great sense of being and, just I felt like it was also a way to even relax. I mean, I know it's very stressful and strenuous, but at the end of the day, it was the way I capped off my day. So I began the day and ended the day with Pilates. And then um, I hit my head, twisted my neck, and uh, wrenched my shoulder to the point where my brain stem or wait, let's see, my my spine went up into my brain stem and squished oh no. my cerebellum. Oh, no. And my shoulder blade was torn off. So... It was a, I mean, it was quite bad. And uh, just a few years ago, I was, there was someone that was demonstrating Pilates for people that were injured. And I thought, oh, I I miss Pilates so much. And I said, but I don't think I can do it because um, I have dysautonomia. So if I stand up, I get dizzy. And I thought, and I have neck injuries. Like, how could I do it? And they, they got me on the reformer and it was amazing. I was able to work muscles that I haven't worked in decades. And I, oh, it's, it's fantastic. But they did say, um, you know, if it wasn't for the fact that I was in such good condition at that time, that things could have been even worse. Right. Um,
0: Well, I'm glad you had Pilates, you know, because I love it when, you know, people who have been injured, not the fact they're, Mm -hmm. they've been injured, but they they come in not knowing and then they find out that they can get a sense of accomplishment and and get stronger because of it. Mm So let's go into your book. You have a book called Lita and Jean, Memoirs of Two Generations of Military Women. that's going to be released this year, correct? Yes. All yes. that's it's so 99. exciting. Yes. What
2: day is today? Uh, well, I don't know when this is going to be. Is today Tuesday? I don't know when this is going to post. Yeah. Today's Monday. Yeah. Oh, Monday. Today's Monday, yeah. the 21st, but it's going to post. Um, it's Next released Tuesday. March 29th. So whenever this posts, it might have already been released. Right. Um, and it's been a long, hard road because oh, yeah. um, you have to go back and recall those memories and, and think about what it felt like. You know, what did you smell, hear, um, taste, feel at those times? So it can there be was a lot of emotions.
1: Yes, this, but it, this this book took us <laughs> took us three years. three years to write,
2: whereas a lot of three people write a write book in a month. It. Um, <laughs> but it was it was fascinating for me because I guess I didn't really. Um, take in all the details about, I mean, obviously I was quite young when my mom joined the military, but I didn't realize like we went to the same place for basic training.
0: Yeah. And so
2: w- together we went and we visited, um, Fort Jackson and my mom was able to point out, oh, here's where I, you know, stayed and it's still, the buildings are still there. Still there. Yeah. <laughs> oh yes. The world, re- uh, the only thing that changed was they took down, um, the water tank. And I remember I was, my billets were on, uh, my, um, my unit was stationed on um, Tank Hill, and I thought it tank meant, you know, an, an army tank, but it apparently referred to a water tank. <laughs> so I learned <laughs> all sorts of things, and I was like, "Oh, okay," because I just associated army and tanks because of my mother. Of course, um, yeah. But it's been it's been really interesting learning more about my mother and her journey, and I want to say even you know be, building a friendship. With my mom as yeah. an adult has been interesting. That's
0: a labor yeah. of love. You know, oh, yeah. two two people who love each other dearly, mm-hmm. you know, producing this this book. You know, I where can we get it? Let's talk about that. When when it becomes available, where do we get the book? Tell everyone where they can go to get it. Or pre order it. it.
2: Oh, you can definitely pre-order it today. Um, wherever you get your books, um, your local independent bookstore, um, if you go to them and they don't have it on the shelf, I'm sure they'll be happy to order it for you. If you prefer going to Barnes & Noble or Amazon, it's available there as well. And then it'll be available at certain, um, like at the uh, women's... Uh, are we going to have it at A-fee's We I don't. Or, we're, or talking, we're talking about having it at um, military exchanges. I hope so. So we should see... Uh, about that as well. If you go to our website, um, Lita and Jean, so L I T A A N D J E A N dot com, you will find um, ways to get a free copy if you enter one of our giveaways, or there are links on how to purchase it as well. Or you can go to our publisher, Master Wings Publishing, and um, they have more information on the book as well.
0: I can't wait to get a copy. This sounds very You're, there interesting. There is a copy.
2: Over on the other side of the desk with your name on it. <gasps> oh, yep. I
0: can't wait.
1: <laughs> That's along, exciting. Along with, along with the little goodie bag. Oh, little goodie bag. Yeah, a little oh,
0: book swag. Oh, awesome. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I just, everyone says, you know, that they're like, oh, you should write a book. And I'm like, oh, yes. uh, no. Know. You know, yes. podcasting is great. Maybe down the road, because, you know, mm-hmm. I, I might think about it, but... Someone said that if you just kind of write like five minutes a day mm-hmm. and just like you're writing a note and all of a sudden you've got mm-hmm. all these pages and you think, mm-hmm. wow, I might as well just do a book. Yes. <laughs> right. Yes. Right. Absolutely. I, it sounds so easy, but I don't know. Well, ladies, it's been such a pleasure having you both on you here. So and too. you are my first in a in a year and a half since I started my podcast, the Mother daughter duet Oh wow! Oh. Nice. so nice. and i've been wanting to do one of these okay you know and i this is it just kind of happened that's why you know we did our our pre-interview and i was like please be a part of this this would be so amazing so um any last words ladies that you would like our audience to know
2: um my grand my grandson my mother's grandson my nephew is um on the verge of joining yeah. the military as well. And um, so we're excited for him to, uh, you know, take that next step. And um, we just want everyone to be safe, look after one another. And I think, any last words from you, Mom? I don't know. Okay. Don't, don't, don't shop,
1: <laughs> adopt. <Yes. laughs>
0: just jump in at any moment, Lita. Just yes. jump in. Yes. Yeah, I think... You know, that's that's just awesome. You know, I just realized, and I don't know why, but I am the first woman in our family to have actually gone into the military and retired.
1: Oh. You know what? When we were doing, right after we did the book, how did I start the family tree? I don't know, but I, I'm doing a family tree now, Kat. And I said, you know what? Out of all of the family, I've got Forty-eight thousand people in my family tree now.
0: Wow, 48,000.
1: There are. I was only... gonna say
2: it, she could probably tell you how, we're, how we are related.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but there are but there are only six six women who served. They have served in the military out yeah. of those forty-eight thousand. Yeah, that's what I'm searching for. I think my next book is gonna if I'm allowed to write another book. My next book is gonna be about. The, the family members that have served in the military, because I think it's amazing mm-hmm. how some families really do, they kind of like just go, you know, they, they, what's the They word?
2: focus on service. Yeah. Yeah. Service
1: to country. I mean, yeah. I'm thinking
2: like the Shrivers, the Kennedys. Right. Yeah. Right. They, where they were like, you know, you have to serve in some way. Right. It's vital. And I, that's how I always felt, that no matter what route I took, I needed to you know, be of service. Back.
1: Yeah.
0: I think it's unique too. And I just realized this not too long ago that when you enter the military as a woman and come out of the military, no matter how long you served, you become, you have automatic in, admission into a very unique and select club. Mm-hmm. And you don't even realize it until after you've right. been out. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're all a part of that club. It's nice to have you all as members. Thank in you. Yeah. Your- <laughs>
2: Yep, And I know we're,
0: we are, we are, we're looking to join um, uh, Woven. Oh, Which awesome. Yes.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. What's Woven? It's a, a military organization for women, Ooh. women veterans. All right. Yes. I'm up.
0: Yeah, I'm up we're forward. doing, um, I'm one of the national consultants for Woven. Mm-hmm. And nice. we're doing this Recognize Her 22, where we're taking okay. the stigma away from asking a woman veteran if she's a vet. Because a lot of women still don't stand up and say I'm a veteran. So, uh, if you guys have any questions, please feel free to reach out to me. But-
2: Absolutely. Okay. And I, and I was going to say one of the most interesting things, um, and I, I guess I should have mentioned it earlier, but it's interesting when you know when I first started going to the um, VA for healthcare, um, they would always call Mr. McNamara, mm-hmm. and now they now they call Miss. Um, but when we went to, uh, we were staying at a military lodging recently, and they said, um, "What's your husband's rank?" And my mom said, "You know, he's a lieutenant colonel, but he's not here, and the reservation's <laughs> under my name."
0: Exactly. Um, yeah. And so, so we're still, we're trying to change that, you know.
2: Yeah, also, um, thank you.
0: But thank you guys so much for being a part of this. It's this was very special for me. And I'm so glad that you guys agreed to do this Um, for the audience, you know, pre-order that book, I'm definitely going to read the book, because I think it's going to be interesting coming from two women who are related, but from two different eras of the same service, the army. And so as always, thank you so much for listening. Please share this podcast. If you know anyone, you don't have to be a military member or be in the service, but I'm sure that you know a woman who was in the service. And as always, please take care of yourself and be safe. And until next time, and one more thing, it's never too late to start your impossible.